right now we have all green see it's flashing one green so we are good to go a small drone mounted with a gopro camera lifts off hovering over a field in the outskirts of the kenyan capital of nairobi the drone operator keeps it low the highest we normally take it up is 100 meters not more than 100 meters the two men I'm standing with here today run an aerial photography company. They've asked me to withhold their names because what they're doing is technically illegal. In January of this year, Kenya issued restrictions on drones that, for all intents and purposes, have amounted to a ban. Anyone who wants to fly one has to secure permission from both the Ministry of Defense and the Civil Aviation Authority. I haven't applied for us. We haven't applied. But there's a friend of mine who applied uh, in March. And uh, still, till today, he hasn't gotten a feedback from KCA. The ban has certainly caused headaches for small businesses, like the one run by our illicit aerial photographers here. But it's also put the brakes on bigger initiatives, like a drone journalism project called African Sky Cam. Dickens Alewe is recently returned from California and looks at home sitting in a Nairobi coffee shop. During his stint at Stanford University as a John S. Knight journalism fellow, he organized Silicon Valley's first drone journalism conference. He founded African Skycam back in 2012 and has plenty of thoughts on how drone journalism could change the news landscape in Kenya. And around about that time, we had floods in Kenya. It was a story about the flooding, but it's also a story of how the government was responding to this disaster. And what would happen maybe a week after, you know, journalists beaming all these pictures across the country, is that the government would organize uh, like an aerial tour of these areas. So journalists will get like into police helicopters and go on an aerial tour um, of these flooded areas. And for me, there was a question of editorial independence, because I think that was more like a PR kind of a, you know, PR tour. So I thought consumer drones uh, offered an opportunity since then, Olewe has created interactive features with 3D models by stitching together hundreds of images taken with drones. He's also used the technology to explore live casting virtual reality content. So we've done all that, uh, but as I speak to you uh, today, uh, we are not doing anything. This, of course, is because of the ban. A ban that, by all accounts, was caused by a news drone that flew a little too close to the sun. So the reason why the, the government... Uh, imposed this ban in January was that in December 2014, that was you know, the National Day celebration uh, at Nyayo Stadium, somebody flew a drone, I think a few minutes before the president arrived. So they kind of messed up the space for us. An excess of caution is perhaps understandable in this East African nation. Kenya has suffered a series of deadly attacks at the hands of al-Shabaab terrorists in the last few years. Most recently, the April massacre of 147 students at Garissa University. KCAA Director General Captain Gilbert Kibe is on the record calling terrorism a concern when it comes to drone proliferation. But Olewe is optimistic that the ban will not last much longer, mainly because of good old-fashioned competition between nations. Now, what's really interesting was South Africa also did the same thing. You know, they basically said... We are concerned about the use of this equipment, but we also appreciate the amazing potential of, uh, of the technology. And therefore, we are restricting a ban for one year, uh, and we, as we 
uh, engage the industry and we will publish some rulemaking uh, in one year, which they did uh, in general in May this year. So, and uh, basically, right now they they allow operation. So I think the Kenyan government, uh, through the aviation authority, are looking into that and say, hey, you know, we cannot be left behind. An official at the Kenya Civil Aviation Authority confirmed that comprehensive regulations were in the works, but did not say when they would be released. Coming up with these regulations will be no small task. Moses Gishanga is a researcher who has advised the Kenya government on using drones in anti-poaching efforts. He ticks off a long list of hurdles. First, what happens if a drone hurts someone? Who bears responsibility? Who's, who's culpable? Supposing they give you a license, let's talk about insurance. How, who's going to insure me? They, right now, insurance companies in Kenya, they, don't, they have no framework for how they'll even tackle your, you. you know. In terms of the framework, it's a multidimensional issue. It's just not the, 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 the law says don't do it. If you get the license to do do it, you're going to have problems because now you have to think about how do I do it. These rank among other problems like keeping unmanned aerial vehicles out of flight paths and balancing consumer drone safety with keeping them low cost. They're thorny problems that even developed nations like the U.S. have struggled to answer. Until someone does, our Kenyan photographers will just keep on flying under the radar. For America Abroad, this is Emily Johnson in Nairobi, Kenya.